0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Yesterworld podcast. Today joining us is another theme park content creator, Jack, from Park Ride History. How's it going, Jack? It's going great. Thanks for coming on. I've uh, been wanting to get you on for a little bit, so this is a nice little treat.
1: Any chance to to ramble about theme parks, I take it. I'm there. Don't worry.
0: (laughs) No, same here. So, one thing I thought we could start off with, because you and I both... Recently, did some videos about um, having to do with the haunted mansion, and for anyone who hasn't seen your recent video exploring the movie adaptation of the haunted mansion, I thought you could just kind of surmise or uh, summarize what your thoughts are of the movie, negative and positive, and then may- we can just kind of talk about that because I feel like perception has maybe changed of the movie since when it first came out versus now that we've had, you know, 20 pirate movies and <laughs> and all that.
1: Yeah, um in terms of people not seeing that video, I think that'd be uh, the majority. Please, guys, you need to watch you need to vary up the content. I can't just be talking about rides all the time. Anyway, it was basically a well that video started out as more focused on just ride-based movies in general, because I wasn't uh very confident with how much material there was on the Haunted Mansion. And then I found out about the various uh, revisions, because like I said in the video, I think there were a total of three different scripts. Mm -hmm. One was Jim Hill, who, you know, is surprising to me, the the actual Jim Hill that we know in the kind of Disney community.
0: And I had no idea, no idea about that.
1: I'm like, this has got to be quite a coincidence. And I just emailed him and he's like, yeah, yeah. And people in the comments were like, I was ready to jump all over you for that not being uh, correct. Right. Yeah, that was that was weird. Um, so there was that one, and then that was going to be more of a TV movie, like kind of like in the vein of Tower of Terror, which was not mm. a very uh, not a very artistic movie, but still did its job. And so well, that ended up getting canned after Hocus Pocus, which was not not the best, not the best. And um, well, fast forward, I mean, to pretty much early two thousands when they were doing a bunch of ride based movies that right. country country bears, pirates. Yeah. They threw this one out, and uh, yeah, it's everything you'd expect. Eddie Murphy in a haunted house.
0: I I think that's the best. Like I imagine, that's how the pitch meeting went. It's like, all right, Probably. guys, Eddie Murphy in the haunted house, and they're just like sold.
1: Well, like I said in the in the second one, where it was already, I don't know if they had Eddie Murphy confirmed for it yet, but it it was it was kind of more of a real character as opposed to like you said, Eddie Murphy playing Eddie Murphy.
0: To me, that's, and I mentioned it in your. Video, I think that was the biggest flaw because you had, you know, you had um, Johnny Depp playing Jack Sparrow, and of course, he did, um, like, he was well known, but he wasn't like a superstar at that point. Uh, I barely knew who he was. I'd seen a few of his movies, but he hadn't had like any huge movies at that point. I mean, maybe Edward Scissorhands and of course, 21 Jump Street, but I think for the mainstream, um, audiences they didn't really know much about him and so even though you know he took it and made it as you know made his own character and he had a lot of leverage with it Eddie Murphy I think came in and you know he was already so famous and he wasn't known for playing characters and so I think that's the biggest problem of the movie is that it's just Eddie Murphy playing Eddie Murphy and that you know you can tell that from a writing perspective they wrote it around that versus just writing it as a like a really great screenplay where just like Pirates of the Caribbean and then Johnny Depp took the character and kind of made it his own it just seemed very one note from the beginning as far as how it would revolve around him versus Jack Sparrow and Johnny Depp
1: yeah I have to wonder if it was more so because obviously with Pirates, and we know this because they're very uh, transparent about that movie because it was so successful, that it was a character that was written and then was able to get the Johnny Depp twist that we all know because that's that's what he could play and that was the different kind of right. variation of that character. We we don't have the the script or any of the ones that I talked about in the video. We just know about the early revisions from word of mouth. And uh, I have to wonder if if it was the same. If it was, we have a character, Here's let's let Eddie Murphy give a... His own twist, because we know that's what he can do, and add his own comedy stylings, or if it was literally just, "Hey, this is Eddie Murphy, and by the way, your name is Jim Evers in this movie that you're making."
0: (laughs) Yeah, and I I think that's part of what it was, and you know, because there's there's positive, you know, it's I think it's easy to tear apart a movie like Haunted Mansion because it was so utterly disappointing, but I think it got some things right. It had some good production value. It had some really great set design. And I think one of the biggest problems was setting it in the modern world. You know, it's like it starts out and you're just you're not interested. You're like this, you know, it takes place. You know, it's been a while since I've seen it. But I know it's like they're in this, you know, nice house and it's super modern. Yeah. yeah. And although the very, very beginning starts out in the past. Right. Like yeah, well, the, very... the,
1: the, the the kind of opening sequence is is kind of dreamlike, but it's very right. yeah, it's it's that old century when Gracie was still alive.
0: And I think had they stayed with that, even if I don't know, even if Eddie Murphy somehow was shoehorned into, I don't know how that would have worked, but <laughs> if they just stayed with a, a period piece, kind of like Pirates of the Caribbean, it would have just been that much better because you would have been more immersed into the world versus. Always in the back of your mind being like, oh, this is just inside a mansion that's in the modern world. None of this is, you know, it just had a really weird feeling. I remember from the times I watched it that you never really felt immersed into anything, you know, Yeah, where, I could which kinda, is what I, pirates did well.
1: I could kind of suspend that disbelief and be like, oh, OK, well, that's just that's just the way it is. It's taking place in this mansion. The only thing that's really jarring is, hey, by the way, Eddie Murphy. I think they might have, and I'm, I'm questioning whether or not, if they would have done better it had they just made it focused on telling that story that they only did flashbacks of in mm-hmm. the opening sequence between, like, we have to, like, find it out through this mystery, but it's like, I don't care about the protagonist. I don't care about Eddie Murphy. I don't care if he figures it out. Who cares about anything? The whole thing is just a exercise in nihilism.
0: And as an, and- as an audience, you can, you pretty much, like, 20 minutes, 30 minutes in, you already kind of have it all figured out so that's so then there's no mystery revelation really you can kind of put the pieces together before anyone else does which is kind of a big no-no in you know writing
1: I uh I, I just yeah it, it would have been much better I'm, I'm gonna go with the fact it would have been much better had they just focused on that story because at least there was, like I said, real performances with right. that. That those were. That's where the real uh, actors and actresses were. It was in that. It wasn't with Eddie Murphy or and the kids, kids yeah. or even or even the uh, Ezra and Emma, which were the two right. side characters. The two. Yeah. The, the I felt nothing with any of those, and that was no. unfortunately a majority of the movie.
0: Yeah, and but I do remember actually feeling for Master Gracie and his character and his plight. I guess you could say the that whole scenario. Whereas, like you said, Eddie Murphy and the kids and all that stuff just didn't work. And But I do think having cast Eddie Murphy, and it would be really curious to know if they encouraged him to make a character or if from the very beginning it was just plopping, you know, Eddie Murphy in and not, you know, like if it was a conscious decision or if they left it up to him or, you know, however it ended up being because you just... In my opinion, because I I understand there are a lot of people who like the movie and I think there is stuff to like and I can I can enjoy it and put on my nostalgia goggles and, um, you know, and just enjoy the fact that it's a Disney attraction kind of brought to life. But, you know, I think they gave him just too much leniency with the script and you can tell a lot of it's got to be improv you know, especially at that dinner table scene. Yeah. I would imagine. It, I'm assuming. Most of it
1: was. Because, I don't know, I didn't use very much of the behind-the-scenes footage. I kind of cut away to some B-roll. And it's mm-hmm. just like, here's here's probably how the script looked. Okay, Eddie Murphy drives up, gets out of the car, and then improvise. Right. Every take would be completely different. And they just ended up with something. And I, I have to praise the editors who managed to make a movie out of that. Because it it is a decent movie, just not very uh, entertaining.
0: And I think he was also... and Not to blame Eddie Murphy, I think he was just very miscast for that kind of movie. You know, it's... You don't want to get... It'd be like if... You know, if Jack Sparrow had went into a scene and it was just monologue. Well, I guess that's probably a bad argument because he does that. But I don't know. It just... It fits with the world and the character versus just random improv, I guess, that doesn't really have to do with a character. It's more just eddie murphy improving, if that makes sense it's not like well, tied to anything necessarily
1: yeah well that's another part of that why it was kind of terrible and it's what you said earlier it was that it was it was very much based in reality and you've kind of got unrealistic things happening and i think guillermo del toro who who wrote the the new one or still i guess is in the process of writing the new one i said he put the script out but people are like oh no he's still working on it i'm like oh okay Anyway, he said that one's more of a kind of heightened reality where right. it's not so unrealistic that there's literal ghosts because that would obviously be a very odd uh shock to to just a regular Eddie Murphy type character selling real estate that ghosts are real.
0: But it does but, have, you know, moments like I've said. It's not like a terrible movie. It's you know, I've seen much worse. Um I think if I remember right, I haven't seen it in forever, but I think Country Bear Jamboree was probably a much worse from my recollection when it first oh, yes. came out yeah you 're not wrong so they got they got the because they I think they did a good job with the atmosphere, and i don't know it's just i don't think it deserves as much of the hate as it does, but it's not a good movie by any stretch of the imagination, but i do I can watch it and appreciate aspects of it, but maybe I'm just trying to like you know uh, sometimes you try to uh, find the best in something even when it's not necessarily there, oh, but, yeah. but I, I think there is joy to be had. Um, so what, what I, cause I haven't actually looked up anything about it in recent years, but what's like the latest news with Guillermo del Toro? Cause I, I feel like that rumor has been going around for a long time. Like Ryan Gosling was, a, I think attached at one point. Yeah. He was
1: supposed to be attached, but we never had that confirmed. The only thing that is confirmed is the fact that, he He wrote a script and is said to be producing it and that's it that I mean literally it's just everything I said in the video is pretty much all we know it's like It's like the little footer at the end of a Wikipedia article, so it's very much up in the air, and like I said it's been so long since since that news broke that oh hey, haunted mansion movie mm-hmm. and uh i have to I have to assume they're waiting on just letting other things kind of run their course like I think there's going to be another Pirates movie see how that goes before we take some kind of gamble like they're they're in no rush it's not like Haunted Mansion is some hot IP we got to throw this one out there so they'll take their time
0: and that's what I think is interesting when I don't remember if I made the comment in your video or if I just had it because I originally had a much longer script and I was like no I need to kind of (laughs) compress it a bit but the fact that in a way what happened with some aspect i think i think part you know all of the pirates movies have good and bad you know some are better than others but i don't think any of them are like absolute garbage you know or anything like that but kind of like with eddie murphy i think they gave johnny depp way too much leverage with not just the script but Or maybe just they gave too much leverage with the writers in terms of zany situations to put, you know, Jack Sparrow in because now he's this huge thing. So then he, you know, it's like, whereas before, yeah, he stole the movie, but that was not the whole point. Whereas I feel like now they're written, uh, I haven't seen the last one. So I I heard they kind of uh, pulled back on this a bit, but it's not like the movie revolves around Jack Sparrow's zany situations what's he gonna get into next kind of thing which is what i think the misdirection it started to take after the second movie
1: yeah they they completely missed the point of jack sparrow as a character and i am i'm in love with that whole uh series of movies that whole franchise whatever you want to call it so i'm very well versed i've seen a lot of times and it's just a complete mess by everything post three because that's when they started bringing on new directors and uh and everything just went completely sideways I think I think a big problem was that Jack Sparrow in the first the first one and then the other two because or 2 and 3 because those were kind of a separate story. Mm-hmm. He in those movies is j- just a guy who is trying to get around that situation. Like that explains pretty much everything you need to know about the character of Jack Sparrow. He's he's always plotting something but he kind of masks it in this this kind of a uh, oh I I have no idea what I'm doing and that's I mean that's what the gag is between Oh, that's got to be the worst pirate I've ever seen. Right after mm-hmm. he pulls something, some amazing feat. He's always planning something. So he's navigating around, oh, Davy Jones and the Kraken are coming to get me. Or, oh, uh, Barbosa and all this. That's that's what the whole thing was. But instead they took that at face value in the uh, fourth and fifth movie as, oh, he's just a wacky character who always right. ends up getting out. Now he's he's like a smart guy who, who masks it in that so everybody underestimates him. So I think that's a, that's another big problem with the character of Jack Sparrow, not even just Johnny Depp. people who wrote him didn't understand that's what was happening mm. in the first three
0: yeah, and I think and that's just the problem really with any movie where you have a character that's like you know kind of steals the show and then the writers tend to you know and I'm sure it's the studio not not to blame the writers themselves, I'm sure a lot of the time it's the studio saying. All right, we need to sell more toys. We need to sell more of this. Put them in this zany situation. We can make that as part of a video game or as part of a you know something um, and it just got a little over the top and so I'm curious to watch the new one. I just haven't gotten around to it i'll give
1: a, I'll give a, a nice strong recommendation on doing that. I like it more than four. Four was only better because it had it had a younger. Uh, Jack Sparrow so it kind of got a little bit more of that magic right that they had in two three and one but uh five completely ditched that and they kind of went in a new a new direction but still really banking on that and like you said it does have all those new characters which end up getting a lot of the spotlight in that movie
0: do you think that in your opinion do you feel that the Haunted Mansion could be a franchisable series if done right or do you think it's a very one-off kind of uh, basis for a movie.
1: I think no, I think it's pretty done because like that's just a difference in the way the rides are are structured. Here's the only way that Haunted Mansion could be kind of stretched out into a series of films or anything like that. And I, I mean a, I
0: mean based off a new not based off the Eddie Murphy. Oh, yeah, I mean yeah. Based off a new <laughs> one could it be franchised. Yeah. Just to clarify.
1: It would it would definitely have to be focusing on like all those different characters and tell them, telling them their stories, like mm-hmm. all, every animatronic you see. Because that's kind of the the magic of Pirates, is that it's it's not like, oh, here's this story we're telling you. That's what happens at Haunted Mansion. Here's this story. And Pirates is just, it's a big mishmash of all these different characters coming together and they're doing something. I'm, I'm talking about the ride here. Mm-hmm. Like every single one of those guys that you see ransacking that town, they probably have a story. They probably do. And, right. Uh, and so that's that's what the movie was based on. There are pirates and they do things. And that's it. Haunted Mansion was more so based on what are these mysterious aspects of the of the ride? Like, why is that guy hanging there? What, what's up with the bride character in the attic? Like, what, what does all this stuff mean? Oh, let's make a story around it. So it would mm-hmm. have to be more focused on, here's one movie, it's focusing on the bride character, here's one movie, it's focusing on this guy who hung himself. If you wanted to stretch it out, which I am completely opposed to. I really hate the fact that everything needs to be a franchise now. Just make a movie,
0: please. Right. Well, that's the problem, because... I mean, I'm sure in the back of their minds they had it, but I didn't personally feel that The First Pirates was written as the first of a series. No, it, it was done. It, it had potential, but it was very self contained, very satisfying. And I feel like that's the problem with a lot of movies just in general. Whenever there is an original movie, they want to franchise it. So they leave it, you know, the third act never, or do, not never, but oftentimes. The third act doesn't have the closure that it should because they want to leave it open ended, you know, with the characters like, oh, they could go on. But I think if done right, if taken seriously, if not done in the modern age, uh, I, I think the only way you could I wouldn't even want it that way. But I think the only way it could work in the modern times, if it was almost like a Princess Bride kind of thing, like telling the story occasionally flashing forward, but I'm not a huge fan of that kind of story structure. But I think that's the only way you could or should put in the modern world if they were to do a Haunted Mansion movie. And it should more or less all be in the past, just telling, just telling, you know, focusing on telling a really good story. And, And that's another problem of the Haunted Mansion, I felt, is it was too focused on how many references we can get in here. You know, yes. and they weren't organic. Ref- they were just very. Here's, hey, remember this? You saw this yeah. on the ride. It's like it didn't flow at all.
1: No, yeah, and that's that's another thing you said. You said it in in Pirates, both the ride and the film. All those references were so like I was I was gonna make a video, and I still might, so I don't know about all the ride references they have in pirates and they're so hard to catch all of them because mm-hmm. some, they're so slight there's no attention being brought to it after i uploaded that video where you mentioned that where it's like oh yeah the ride it's it's all these references i was focused on one thing in that scene like i thought it was completely unrelated and then i look oh there's a reference to the thing that's completely uncatchable unless you're continually looking at it so all those slight little nods are really good and there's no not one slight nod in uh haunted mansion all of them are so in your face it's it's a little bit uh, right. comical at points
0: i'd be curious to watch it again because i ha- like i'd focused before on aspects of the haunted mansion like the Hatbox ghost but for my evolution one it was the first time i really dug into the history but I I'd be curious to watch the new Haunted Mansion and see if there are any more subtle references that are like oh you know that you know or if every single one is just very blatant even if it's like a background thing.
1: Uh, the only ones that I thought were really kind of sly and I appreciated were ones that were like the fact it's not even really a reference. It's just the fact that it's kind of architecturally based on mm-hmm. the attraction. Like you'll notice all types of things are very much very similar. Like even just chairs and the way certain things are furnished. I appreciated those because it does set the Mm -hmm. tone for the movie that you're watching. And it also is like, oh, hey, by the way, the ride, but not going, oh, this is an exact line of dialogue you heard in the ride. Let me just shoehorn it right right up in here. That was
0: terrible. I think, yeah, if you were to summarize the problems, it would be Eddie Murphy, the shoehorned references and being set in the modern um era you know which of those are the you know worst of the sins committed in terms of filmmaking i'm not sure but they all kind of led into each other you know it's not like they're separate you know the modern aspect had to do with Addie murphy's performance and then the shoehorn stuff had to do with you know they're they're kind of connected in that way
1: well if if we're lucky the new one isn't going to have any of those problems at least from what we know so We'll get to see a movie if it can uh, stand on its own or if, you know, the first Haunted Mansion would have been good without those.
0: Who knows? And I think that it would actually help the movie to have a lesser budget because I I have this kind of belief that there are some movies, of course, that they need the budget. You know, um, a movie like Gravity, that movie needed the budget to create the photorealistic CGI. But I think a lot of times when you have a moderate amount of constraint on the budget. It forces you to be more creative, to kind of cut, trim the fat of what you don't need in the movie, you know, scenes yeah. that maybe they're really cool, but you don't really need them. So if it's given a, a decent, healthy budget that's not too much, not too little, and a director like Guillermo, uh, Guillermo del Toro, who is very good at blending practical effects and CGI, and he's very a very grounded filmmaker Um, that's where I think it could do really well the problem is that Disney's I think more focused on the you know they have a lot more (laughs) they have a lot more going on right now I like you kind of mentioned earlier with Marvel and Star Wars and Pirates that I don't know I'm not sure when it would be made or if they'll I don't know maybe they'll just give someone a less small budget and say okay here you go
1: just really it'll probably be one of those movies that like it comes out under a completely different name and no it like it's got a small director attached to it and it's under one of disney's like one of the things they bought out and then it'll be like 20 years from then they'll be like oh hey by the way did you know that this was uh originally written by kirmu toro it was going to be the haunted mansion movie and then they didn't do anything with it and eventually they just last minute made it because they were going to lose the rights or whatever I have a feeling that's probably what's going to happen with it because they. I mean, why would they even bother with something small now? They've right. got their hands full with so much like big budget, insanely like guaranteed to be popular movies. They would that would be a complete waste of time for them. I I think they should do it, but uh they're never. They would not do it. So,
0: yeah, I think the other problem is that the name's kind of tarnished in a way. Whereas, you know, if you'd had a really terrible Pirates of the Caribbean movie, and then you tried to redo it. I think it would still kind of stick in people's minds. Whereas, you know, luckily they didn't have that problem because the first one was really good. But with Haunted Mansion, they, they I don't know, not like a new name or anything, but just I think they'd have to find some way to disassociate from the original. Or maybe enough time has passed that people don't remember it as much.
1: I don't know, maybe who would be forgiving because... Like I said, that movie is, is terrible, but it's not the same level of terrible as, as Country of Eris, where nobody even, likes like, nostalgically remembers it fondly. Everyone just straight up hates that movie. I think people kind of like the Haunted Mansion, so if you decided to give it another shot, I know I'd watch it. I know plenty of people would probably watch it, just to see, like, what, what are you going to do? And people love that ride, so anything right. based on that ride is going to get eaten up. I mean, you've seen how fast those Funko Pop figures get sold when they have a, a Haunted Mansion character on them, so...
0: Yeah, maybe just a title that, I don't know, something that has to do with the Haunted Mansion, or maybe it'd be cool if they went back to the original development and found a name to use that would be like a throwback um, to the Haunted Mansion. And I think that'd be another thing that, rather than just focus the entire movie on the Haunted Mansion we got, um, would be to go back and, you know, because there was just so much that didn't end up in the haunted mansion characters and stories. And um, so I think there's a lot of material that didn't make it into the ride that could be used for the movie. That would be fun rather than just, you know, cause I, that's the other problem was pirates had a lot more going on. Yeah. The
1: mansion was like the character. And I think that's the most unfortunate thing about it because I didn't really go into detail on it, but from, a, from what I could I skimmed through, and you can actually read the Jim Hill script. It's all online. Um, I, I I looked through it, and it was very much, it had like, the only thing it had to do with the Haunted Mansion was that character, the captain character that came from development. And then that was, that was pretty much it. It wasn't like the mansion. The Haunted Mansion, the 2003 one that we got, was so focused on banking on the fact that it's the Haunted Mansion. And right. we really want everyone to get in there. If they just made a movie and they called it like Bloodmere Manor or whatever the original... Uh, name was for the uh, for the actual haunted mansion not the attraction but the the mansion itself if they called it that and they had really no connections aside from some very slight little nods like not even not even like references to the actual ride but very tiny little nods and that movie did well that would be so great because that's pretty much pretty much what pirates did i mean the entirety of the ride is condensed into one scene in the first pirates and it's that kind of town invasion right. at the beginning that's it it had nothing else to do It was its own thing
0: Yeah, and the the other problem, too, that I hadn't thought about until this conversation is kind of like what you said where, you know, like Gibbs or, you know, on the ride, the – I'm trying – is he actually named Gibbs on the ride or did they give him that name for the movie?
1: No, I mean – that, like, that remember. character is not even supposed to be... Like, if you go on the ride, it looks completely different. And that's one of those tiny little nods. And they actually kind of... They do it a few times throughout all the movies. There's someone laying with the, the pigs and they throw something on them to wake them up. Like, that happens multiple times. So things are not even that implicit. But, you know, had that been something like in the Haunted Mansion movie, it would have been right in your face. If right. That's exactly what that's supposed to be.
0: And that's what I mean because there's more interpretation there and... They're not characters, you know. It's like you see pirates doing plundering and all that stuff. But it's not a very specific character, you know. Whereas Haunted Mansion, that's the problem. And that's just inherent with the way the ride's designed. Is that you don't see... Like, the only example of, like, an average character that wouldn't feel like a weird shoehorn reference is the uh, the under... Or the caretaker, you know, because he's so... He's just a guy with his dog. You know, it's a very generic versus, you know, the second you have the hatbox ghost in a movie, it's, you know, there's no interpretation that is the hatbox ghost. Whereas a caretaker, there's more leniency with that and with Pirates of the Caribbean the entire ride. I feel like that's another reason why it helped is that most, except maybe Blackbeard, but for the most part, they're they're not so specific that you can't take them and make them into a new character. You know what I mean? Like Hatbox ghost, you really can't do all that much with that other than making him, I think the literal representation of himself from the ride. Whereas pirates, you have all that, you know, it's not so they're not really characters. They're just embodiments of people during that time period pirates during that time period. Yeah,
1: that's pretty good. I didn't even think of that because like I, that makes perfect sense. There are very few like specific characters on uh pirates, and like they said uh they had like there's whatever number of pirates there are in the actual ride. I can't remember the actual one, but they only had like half of those for the face molds, so mm-hmm. they couldn't really bring any attention to any real pirate, or else you'd be going, Is't that the same same guy we saw from back there? So yeah, they are just kind of faceless people, and that really can be kind of molded in whatever you want in a movie. Any of those pirates could be, you know, the whatever side characters you see in the back Mm of the back of a scene in the Mm -hmm. movie, because whatever.
0: I think the only and again, I didn't mind it because there was so much more going on. The only reference I would say you could count as shoehorned in pirates. The first one is the prison scene with the dog. But I just love the way they did it. It's like. I forget the exact word, but it's like, you know, you're never going to get that dog, you know, to come. And it's just those that know the ride are like, oh, yeah, it's funny because the dog has, you know, it's it's an animatronic. It's not going to do anything. But even if you're not familiar with the ride, the joke's still funny because, I don't know, just the fact that they're trying so hard to get that dog to come. But that's the only one I would say could be, you know, said, oh, shoot, because it's very specific as from that ride. But I didn't mind it because I thought it blended in with what was going on. You know, they didn't pull you away from the movie and be like, "Oh, here are the guys from the jail scene." It had <laughs> to do with the plot, you know.
1: Yeah, and 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 I don't know if you watch the Haunted Mansion, which, like I said, I strongly recommend everybody watch the Haunted Mansion for Halloween. Uh, it's great, great Halloween film. There's so many where you're going. Like, I mean, obviously we all know. Hopefully, we know as as Disney fans. That obviously that's a reference to the to the mansion, but even just to a regular person watching that without any affiliation, they're like, is that is that a reference to something? <laughs> it's like, it just seems really yeah. weird. Makes no sense. I'd be so. curious
0: to have someone who has no knowledge of the haunted mansion watch it and then get their opinions and on on the references specifically, and be like, oh, you know, did anything feel weird? You know, because obviously when you're fans of the ride, you're going to have a different Experience because, and there's nothing again, there's nothing I don't think there's anything wrong with enjoying the movie for the fact of seeing your favorite aspects of the ride brought to life in a movie that I totally understand, and I can even appreciate that you know, it's like a guilty pleasure aspect for me,
1: yeah. Um, I, I like I said, it is kind of fun to uh to watch it and be like, oh, that's that's mm-hmm. the thing, but it ain't as fun. As watching pirates, because all those are just so like under the radar, right? But there, 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 are still a few that could be like, oh, is that is that like a reference to? Uh... Because a lot of the same stuff that was in the very very early version of the script that ended up getting moved into the uh, into the final movie. So you have to wonder, is like, was that something that was transferred and they just didn't know that, that was a reference, so they uh, so they didn't bring any attention to it, like the fact that the mansion kind of is in this swamp. Like mm-hmm. very, very early, and I'm I'm sure you know this, very early in the design process for uh, Haunted Mansion when they wanted to make it into a ride because the walkthrough wasn't going to work. This was prior to the Omnimover, a word I always have trouble with. The Omnimover, they were like, we got to get people through this and we just don't know how, so let's make it a boat ride. We're mm-hmm. going to flood the whole mansion. And it was kind of this swampy thing. And then in the movie, it's, it's once again, it's this kind of very... Uh, Hmm. sunken down into the earth decrepit mansion and even the uh crypt scene where that's kind of half flooded because of all the rain
0: i actually didn't know that i didn't know there was a i didn't know there was a like a step between you know it being a walkthrough and then it becoming uh the omni vehicle system but that's that's interesting and that's one thing that i think is really fun about the ride is that in going on haunted mansion you can still see a lot of aspects of maybe some of the elements of the museum of the weird the you know restaurant companion that didn't work out and you can see Mm -hmm. some elements of um that when it was going to be like a haunted house and so it's that's what i really like about the attraction is it has so much history that there's you know it's like a mishmash of all the different ideas that because it took so long to you know make from origin to when it actually opened
1: yeah, I think that that ride exists for the sole purpose of making so everybody can make a haunted mansion, a new haunted mansion video every year. Because literally, even if I, <laughs> even, you can make an hour long video and you still will not make a dent. Great right. website, gotta give a shout out. I, I forgot, I don't know why I'm giving a shout out to website to a website I can't remember, but. Literally every page you go on is probably a video's worth of stuff, and it's on some little, like, throwaway thing that you wouldn't even think of, like the boat ride concept or, like, a character that wasn't even in the final ride. So you really just go
0: nuts. I'm sure I'll I'll find it by the end of this, and I can say it. But Well, the one I found, or the site, well, two sites, and obviously everyone knows doombuggies.com. That was really helpful. And then the other one was uh, Dan Olson's, the long forgotten haunted yes. mansion blog. There we go. There those are the
1: two. So if yeah, anyone that's...
0: hasn't, it's a fascinating. If you're interested in haunted mansion history and how it ties to Disneyland as a whole, because it's not just only haunted mansion. Because it, there's a lot of weird connections. But it's interesting because even though the site is specifically for haunted mansion, there are so many bizarre connections that it has to other attractions and aspects of the park. Um, like there's a subject i'm researching for a video now that has nothing to do with haunted mansion but because it tied into an effect that was also used for haunted mansion later on i was able to use it as a source of information
1: that's like one of the weirdest things about early imagineering or at least that kind of like uh prior to walt's death that kind of late stage imagineering throughout the 60s is that like it was just these weird kind of bursts of ideas that would branch out into, like, three different attractions, and they'd all have these weird little connections in terms of, like, development and even even the final ride with all these Easter eggs and nods to each other. Now it feels like every attraction is just, like, a standalone thing. It's like it's just, here's, we're making this, and we made it, and now it's open, and ride it. Like, back then it was just, well, we can do this, and we can do this, and, well, what if we move this to that attraction? And what if we switch this effect around and we used it here? It's all it's just these. It was very odd. And I kind of like digging into that stuff. That's why that's why videos like Pirates and uh, Haunted Mansion those are always the most fun to do because they're so they're so broad and there's so much stuff to get into.
0: Yeah, because the effect I'm talking about was the Pepper's Ghost illusion, and they were experimenting with it during the development of the Castle walkthrough. And of course, they used it in the Castle walkthrough, but then it also was very heavily utilized in the Haunted Mansion. And then, of course, it went on to become a you know huge effect that's been used you know a number of times throughout all kinds of attractions. I mean, look at the Omni vehicle system. You know, they made it for adventure through Inner space, and it worked really well. And then it, you know, it evolved into being used in the Haunted Mansion.
1: It's used everywhere now.
0: Yeah, and you don't see that as much. It's usually very um, self-contained
1: it's just a completely different way that that we go at Imagineering today like back then just just the origin story of how Imagineering started in terms of it was just oh it's just animators and mm-hmm. now we're gonna you're gonna make animatronics and we're gonna put together a ride and it's just so kind of out there in terms of we're just doing this weird thing like now it's just so it's such an operation like okay you're right that's engineer. a good way to phrase it yep. you know how to you know how to program an animatronic based on this technology. Like it was so experimental back then. Everything they did. Right. It's like I want to have this effect where there's a ghost. How are we gonna do it? Oh, there's this old Teppers ghost effect. Let's mm-hmm. use that. Like it's just so it's so weird how how all this stuff was thrown together and ended up creating these uh these really interesting attractions that today we're like, oh those are just those are so great.
0: Yeah, I hadn't thought of that. I mean I guess it gets harder and harder as time goes on because there's probably not all that many effects that were you know, around in the early 1900s, that can be brought in. I'm sure they've probably scraped the barrel with everything, but that's true. Like there was more. I don't know. That's where I always get into the debate of whether it's a lack of creativity and ingenuity, or if it's just you kind of run out of uh, you know origins of effects that maybe haven't been used. You know, like Pepper's Ghost. You know, that's you know been around for a long time, and it hadn't been utilized that way. But I don't know if there's any others like that necessarily that you could look in history and say, oh, maybe we could utilize this on the ride and then create like a brand new effect that wows the world. Now it's pretty much either a screen or a projection or, you know, they've kind of got it all standardized.
1: Well, I'd say it's probably because it's it that ties into the fact that there is no real creativity anymore. It's not like. And I get it because there's not like we don't have a Walt Disney who's like in charge of all of it. This is kind of his passion project. Like I don't expect Bob Iger to be getting down and dirty with the Imagineers. Putting mm-hmm. in elbow grease like here's what we need to do. We're going to be doing this. It's all kind of like nobody wants to oh we're going to do this and it's going to be really out there. Everything kind of needs to just be like this is going to work. Yeah. What, what's going to work? Okay we have this. We have Frozen. It's a very hot uh, IP right now. Let's make a ride on it. It's not like, let's do something completely nuts. We'll make a ride about pirates. Do do we have a movie to tie into this pirate concept? No, we're just going to do it because it'll be awesome. It's just like, that doesn't exist anymore. And it's, I kind of see it as as a gross negative because creativity doesn't really exist anymore in Imagineering. And because of that, we don't see innovations because, well, what do we need to do? We need to make an animatronic. Okay, we know how to do that. I yeah. will give some credit to Projected Faces, though. That is kind of an innovation, but not all that impressive, guys.
0: It really is a very... I think the best way to describe it is, like we said, it's like an operation now. It's a very structured, systematic... You know, there's not ai don't think there's as much room for experimentation um, from the... I mean, I'm obviously, I'm not an Imagineer or anything, but I would imagine... <laughs> imagine... I would think they don't have as much. I wonder if it's more if they're not given as much room to explore, or if it's just you know that you know what I mean. Like it, if there's ever a time where it's oh let's see if there is a way to do this without whatever. If there's you know like a Walt Disney moment where I think they, would I'm probably butchering the story, but with the Tiki Room, the birds I don't think they were animatronics yet and he, Walt, pretty much just said, figure it out, like figure, I forget what, I I don't, I forget if it was the audio aspect, or what, or the mechanical aspect, but one of them, he just kind of had a, yeah, well, just figure it out mentality, and the guy wasn't like an engineer, but he just figured it out, because there was no, I don't know, I guess it, now it's more about budgets, and hitting, you know, the bottom line, and ma- yeah. making your shareholders happy, and seeing progress, and I feel like, back then you could have a haunted man a haunted mansion like can you imagine now if they built the exterior of the uh whatever the guardians of the galaxy epcot ride and they completely finished the exterior and then it just sits there for what how eight years with no you know nothing being done really there'd
1: be a there'd be a new rumor article about it every week someone has some leaked info about what's going on meanwhile nothing's happening (laughs)
0: <laughs> but now yeah. if a structure was built and it was a complete structure and then however many years went without any news to the public, I mean, people would be going bananas over it. Yeah,
1: if if the Haunted Mansion as a concept was, was created, if back then they did it like how we did now, where in 1955 Walt Disney says... I want to make a haunted house attraction, in 1956, one would have opened. And it wouldn't have been what we got. It would have been something that was cheap and thrown together and would have been forgotten about by 1960. That like Everything just gets so rushed. Back then, you had so much wiggle room for a kind of passion project because that's all it was. And they would have sunk millions of dollars into something like this because I want it to be this way. This is what I want to present to the world and... Like, that's just how they, it was. Like, they would Will have you...
0: announced it. They would have start. Like, it would have been, again, like, more of an operation. And if they had gone with Ken Anderson's original idea for the Haunted Mansion, it would have been just a totally different experience. Uh, not necessarily bad, but it just would have not had the benefit of all the years of it evolving and changing into what it eventually became with the advancement of technology and, you know, all the things that have to do with its history
1: yeah like a like a walkthrough it wasn't even like you know obviously it wasn't a ride until very late in the game almost a couple years before it opened but like i mean they kind of had all these ideas but they just could never flush it out they just didn't have the technology or they didn't know that they could do that yet and that's kind of eventually the ride got released just like right when it right when it needed to right when it was finally perfected to a certain level like it wasn't hastily thrown out there because we need to oh, well, this quarter's almost over, so that means all oh, the stockholders are going to be getting upset if we don't open this new ride and have it on time and put all the merch out. It, it's just like everything is just so uh, corporatized. And I get it. Like, I understand why it has to be like that. Right. But that's really where the root problem comes from in terms of why stuff today is so, like, so. you can look at it so cynically because there is no real imagination or creativity coming from anything.
0: Right. And it's a it's a very vicious circle because we've almost or they've almost built the system that it has to operate that way. Yeah. You know, with the financial aspects of the of the parks and you wouldn't you know, it wouldn't be as simple as just saying, oh, we're going to let Imagineers have all the freedom they did in the old days. You know, it wouldn't work that way because then the shareholders would be upset. And then, you know, it would have such a ripple effect that it's not as simple You know, as, oh, go back to the way it was.
1: Even Disney as a theme park, like, is completely looked at different than it was back then. Like, now it is this global phenomenon, and people know what to expect when they go there, because... It's been this way for so long. They know that, oh, my God, I'm going to see a Disney princess Mm -hmm. at Magic Kingdom, and I'm going to see this and that at every other park. They know exactly what to expect. There's no room for going, we're going to get completely bonkers (laughs) and just use this as whatever. Like This this whole area, this whole Disneyland is just complete experimentation of whatever I want to create Mm -hmm. uh, from Walt's perspective. I want a haunted house. Boom, there's going to be one. I want a pirates ride. Boom, there's going to be one. That's all that stuff like now it's they're so limited by by the fact that they need everything to kind of fit into this weird bubble of yeah. like, well, this is this is where you go if you want to see Disney characters. or you want to see whatever uh, IP we bought the other day, you can just come here and check it out.
0: I wonder if like when the last real time period of that creativity, you know, of before it became so corporatized. I mean it's obviously it's always been corporate, but you know, when it really became that system that it is today, you know, the
1: I think it was uh I think it was okay, the Disney company as as we knew it back like fifties, sixties when we were having all those good things. I think that kinda died over the uh the eighties. Mm-hmm. So I think the last park where you're gonna see that is Epcot and some of the later additions to to Epcot throughout the late eighties. But pretty much after after Eisner took over, it was very much in that vein that we have today. I, I, of course, think it's gotten worse under Iger because, you know, he doesn't have any creativity in him. At least Eisner would do something crazy every once in a mm-hmm. while. And then obviously it would fail because that's just that the corporate landscape was completely different. But like, I think I think that was the last time you were ever going to see something like that.
0: Well, the, the other thing, too, and again, you know, there's always like running jokes with you know, Michael Eisner and I always end up referencing him at least once in almost every video because he's so tied to so many aspects of theme park history. But, yeah, and, you know, he did a lot of bad, he did a lot of good, you know, it, it's not as black and white, but, you know, look at Alien Encounter. He was pushing, you know, did it work out in the end? No, because, you know, the budgets and, you know, uh pretty much, you know, Euro- Disney is what kind of ruined Alien Encounter from being what it really could have and being rolled out the way it could have been. But before that, you know, he was really pushing for like a really gritty alien attraction. And would that been a, would that have been a good idea? Probably not. But he was, you wouldn't see that today is what I guess I'm trying to say. Like you wouldn't, I can't imagine Iger like really pushing for something that Imagineers are like, oh no, that's too, you know, it's too intense because it is very... Like you said, it's almost like it has a, a laid out pattern that attractions have to fit into now. And whether or not Eisner's ideas would have been good as an alien shooting rider, you know, however it was originally going to be, he was at least pushing for something non-conventional, which is why it got so much pushback, you know. But you wouldn't really see that, that, you know, determ- determination to do something new and different, even if it isn't necessarily accepted by everyone.
1: That's another weird thing about the whole Eisner era and all his attractions is that it was a a very odd marriage between what we have now in terms of pure marketing and and tie-ins to toys and go on this ride because you saw this movie. It was a mixture of that with the old stuff in terms of we're going to do something completely out there because because we can. So it was like, okay, well, well... Alien is a hot property. What can we do with that? Let's make a cool attraction based on it. And that's like a really weird amalgamation of those two eras. And that's kinda, that was kind of the transitional period, the whole Eisner era between then and now.
0: It just became very cheap, I guess, in terms of the yeah. upkeep and maintenance of the aesthetics of the parks. I think that's really what you know people get so upset with him about. He became very cheap. And I, that's not—in re- the beginning, really, it was the opposite, but I guess at some point he just kind of turned on himself, really, and it just changed at some point. Yeah, he, he
1: continually bit off more than he could chew throughout throughout at least the, the last half of his, uh, his tenure at Disney. I think—and people always bring this up, the death of Frank Wells, right. which was his— uh, the kind of chief financial officer he really managed all this stuff it was almost like a, a weird throwback to to walt where you have a creative guy who's working on stuff like that and you got someone who's really working out the logistics of everything in terms of finances so it was almost like that and then once he died and no one really took over that position he ended up doing it he would constantly make making all these bad bets in terms of right well euro disney and that ended up being a failure so that would end up mucking up the entire idea of the california adventure and really put that in a bad spot so all all the achievements can really be traced back to the fact that he was not good with money he wasn't good with predicting how things were going to turn out and uh, that ended up with a bunch of bunch of negative
0: results yeah because near the i think yeah i think had he i don't know resigned halfway through he would be remembered a lot differently and there's also a ton of you know stuff with his character and a lot of things he allegedly did and backstabbing yeah. that i think that's it's part of that too because he um just the the idea of quick and cheap was kind of that mentality that you know kind of plagued the parks for a long time yeah then
1: uh, then eiger took over and he took that same chip uh quick and cheap mentality and he, he did it properly and now now look what we have yeah. For better or worse. I mean, like I said, I, I hate it personally, the way things are being managed today, but I guarantee you the people on the exact opposite who love it and they look at the past and they're like, Ew, why did that happen? That's not good. So, I mean, pick your poison, man. How, how do you want to look at it? Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? All I know is that it is happening. Like, this is just the way things are being run now and probably will be run for the next uh, 50 years. I feel pretty confident saying that whoever takes over for... Iger will very much be in the same vein as him.
0: Right. And I think that's the other thing too is now it's there there's not as much room to bring on someone who's gonna change the game. You know, they I think they really just want someone to stick with how things are going because they're going well for them financially. You know, they don't want anyone to come in and try to do new things and try to, you know revolutionize attractions or what they they want they want someone to kind of stick with the plan that they already have in motion yeah
1: by the time something like that happens things will have had to go so absolutely sideways for the company that that they need to like okay we need to just completely do a turnaround Mm. like it won't be someone coming in like yes i'm a i'm a man of the people and i'm here (laughs) to fix the parks it's gonna be okay we bought we had 10 different uh Star Wars esque flops in terms of franchises. Nothing is working anymore. We need to completely change the the landscape of how we make our movies and how we make our theme parks. Like that's that's what's really going to change things if things stop working financially because it's just straight money now. That's that's all it is.
0: In a way, if if you ask, you know, it's not the parks aren't built for us necessarily. The people that are really into the history of it and and yeah. that. you know, it's built for you know the generation that is into Marvel and Frozen and all that. So that's another thing I think a lot of the times you have to think about is that, you know, the average kid, teenager, whatever, probably would say, Oh, I love what they're doing with the parks. I love more Marvel. I love more, you know, um I you know really popular IP attractions. You know, they would pro- I doubt they would be like, you know, I would love to see more original attractions based on how the parks were run in their early years. You know, you, you're not going to get that kind of response from the average kid family nowadays, you know, the typical demographic, I don't think. And that's obviously what they're aiming to please nowadays, which is what it's always been. You know, we're just kind of looking at it from a different perspective, I guess.
1: Yeah, I mean they wouldn't say I want oh, I, unless you're a history buff and you really are into this stuff like we are and I think a lot of our fans are. Uh, you wouldn't look and go, "Oh, we need to go back to the way it is." You just kind of look at it and you go, oh, "What? I mean, what's what's going on?" Or you take it at face value and you're like, "Oh, this is great." Those are the two two options. But I think if if it just happened where things started going back to where they were originally uh, in terms of a new attraction that isn't based on a based on a franchise or based on a character, if that happened and it was well executed, People wouldn't, they wouldn't go, ew, this is terrible. I I want, I need my Avengers ride. I, it would just be taken at face value of, oh, this is, this is a good attraction, just like it was back then. I'm sure there were people back then who went, uh, why are you making a ride based on pirates? I think we need another ride based on Sleeping Beauty. I really like that character. I think we need more rides based on that. You're really
0: mismanaging your time. Well, I think a good example of um, where that can happen again is with, when Magic Kingdom opened, and you, know, you probably know the story of you know Thunder Mesa and the Western River Expedition yeah. and how it was gonna be this amazing Pirates of the Caribbean-esque attraction. And the only reason, I mean, it's, it, there are other factors, obviously, but the biggest reason that Thunder Mesa and uh, the, the big budget attraction never came to be is because people went to Magic Kingdom and one of the biggest complaints they got was where's Pirates of the Caribbean? That's why we never got it is because all the sh- all the priorities shifted from Thunder Mesa and all that to you know kind of getting a Pirates of the Caribbean attraction ASAP. So I wonder if that would happen if they tried to do another original ride, and then maybe the generation will come in and say, well, where's Marvel? Where's Guardians of the Galaxy? And then they would scrap the original ride to make marvel or whatever if that makes sense
1: yeah you're right that's a pretty good point man i didn't even think of it like that because yeah that that is pretty much exactly what happened That's probably one of the first examples of of disney being known for something and then doing something else like they were trying to do something right. back then but i think uh, the real issue with that and how it could be different is the fact that it was at magic kingdom which was basically like You know Disneyland uh, East. It's this. It's its own. It's like a. They wanted the exact same thing just over there, so that people who lived on the East Coast could kind of do that thing. The set. The real chance they had to kind of do something different was with Epcot because that had never been done ever before. So you could really just kind of experiment. You could do exactly what was in the uh, in the vein of what that park was supposed to be experimental. And then the people wouldn't go.
0: Oh, well, how come is it, right. is
1: it like this? Because oh, well, too bad. It's, it's it's own thing. Either you like it or you don't, and that's it.
0: Right? Because it was a you know an East Coast version of Disneyland in a way. You could look at it that way. And then just because they didn't have pirates and people wanted Pirates of the Caribbean, you know, they totally shifted all their. And you know they didn't cancel it outright, but they really did put it on the back burner. And then it just with Thunder Mountain that. Kind of killed it, um, but we, uh, it would have been a pretty incredible attraction, and then that could have maybe spawned a franchise of its own. But we'll never know because it wasn't you know the Western River Expedition was never built. What makes me the most upset is that that's why the Pirates of the Caribbean attraction in Magic Kingdom is like a quick notes version or a spark notes oh, yeah. version. You know, it's just like a ha- it's like half an attraction. Is because it's they were like, okay, we'll, we'll we'll build pirates really quick, but we're still going to do Western River Expedition, and they planned on including a lot of elements of Disneyland's hunt, uh, a lot of elements of Disneyland's Pirates of the Caribbean into the Western River Expedition. Um, there were, if you go through like the what the layout of the ride and the story of the ride, it was going to have a lot of aspects of Pirates of the Caribbean, but in terms of westerns. You know, it would have had the Yeah, under a new theme. Yeah, it would have had the the caverns and it would have had a really climactic ending and a you know, it, it but of course Thunder Mesa ended up getting scrapped. So then that's why we only have like half a Pirates of the Caribbean here.
1: Yeah, and it's so bad because like I was working on a video for um what the differences were between uh the two different pirates and like that just one difference of leaving off the first like half of that ride i mean that shaves off half the time like pirates over in disneyland is like one of the longest rides they have it's it's basically like they're like they're splash mountain Mm -hmm. it's just this very long kind of you get what you pay for in terms of waiting and uh and it's just like completely cut in half in this very and it's not done any better i think it's I think it's worse because of it and it's not like they decided oh hey we're gonna we'll get rid of this whole first step but we'll make the battle scene 10 times right. bigger and we'll add more stuff to it it's just this very condensed not as good version yeah they
0: wanted to get one up as quick as possible and that's kind of how how things are now it seems because with the pirates at disneyland i love how it's just such a complete experience going from when you enter the building And then you're on the Blue Bayou. And, you know, just that whole first chunk sets up the rest of the ride. Excuse me. It sets up the rest of the ride so amazingly well as this whole experience, as like a journey. Whereas the Magic Kingdom version is just kind of the summarization of it. You know, it it doesn't have that. You don't feel like you've been on a journey. Whereas Pirates at Disneyland, I do. I feel like I've been on... You know, I've had a really immersive experience. And then here it's I still enjoy it, of course, because it's Pirates of the Caribbean. But I don't have that complete immersion as I do as the other one. They kind of box
1: themselves in with with, with a lot of that stuff. You know, it's like here's here's what Disney World is. Here's what Disney as like a, you know, kind of a company is. Mm -hmm. And we really can't can't do much with that. We're kind of kind of stuck, which I'm sure they're fine with because it's they're in a pit, but it's a pit that makes them money. So they don't necessarily care. It's it's isn't until like things start becoming or stop becoming profitable. That's when they're going to be like, uh oh, we need to we need to go somewhere else. Yeah,
0: I hadn't thought of that. But that's very true that until they hit a period where the attractions aren't working, people stop coming to the parks or whatever. That's the only way that any real shift would happen. And again i try to look at it from the average you know what the demographic is they're aiming for because they're not meant for us you know unfortunately as much as i think we like to think they are they are a minority yep and that's you know um that's how that is but anyways um it's probably as good a time of any to wrap things up um a nice depressing note about how yeah. uh, the a, a nice company gloom, is going to be stuck. Com- nice gloomy <laughs> way to end this one. But, I mean, I think they'll have a... Because I, I agree that Epcot was like their chance to... Because it wasn't like a Disneyland, another version of that. It was like a whole new park with a whole new idea and a whole new um, like goal, I guess. So maybe that would be the only way we would see something different that would allow them to do that, you know, to have more risk, or be, to be able to take more risks and trying something new rather than making just a bunch of IP-based rides. Yeah,
1: but I mean, you just really need to look at Epcot as it stands today to know that that's that's totally not what's going to happen. Like they could have easily had their second chance with right. that park again in the recent, uh you know, the recent era by saying, okay, we're going to bring Epcot back to more more what it was, because it's really, it kind of fell off, you know, throughout the 90s, they started adding more characters throughout it, which is completely, you know, the antithesis of what that park was, it was like the non-character park, they didn't exist at all, and uh, so they very easily could have brought it back, like, oh, we're getting to, what are we at, like, 35th anniversary of Epcot, we're going to start bringing it back, and there's going to be these, you know, maybe not those same types of ride systems, because Omni Movers are boring, but more history-based, and more focusing on the future. And then they say we're going to do Guardians, and I go, "Uh oh, okay, well that's that's that that's that's in the ground that idea." Yeah, for
0: me, like as much I do enjoy Frozen the ride, I I do enjoy it. I'm not a huge fan of the movie, but I enjoy the ride for what it is. But I think that was kind of the one of one of the first steps that kind of solidified Epcot's fate as just being very IP based and taking what was originally you know again just exploring the you know Norwegian culture and myths and legends and making it into a you know an IP based ride i think for for whatever reason for me that was like the riding on the wall like okay this is how things are going to go from now on we're going to lose mm-hmm. these experiences because you know and it makes sense from a business point of view but cuz i love Maelstrom, but And again, not to not to end it on a downer note.
1: (laughs) Hey, hey, okay. I'm sure Guardians will be boatloads of fun, man. But like, in terms of just terms of theming, like, okay, Epcot as a park is now just like the California Adventure. It is a variety park. Everything we can't fit into any of the other parks because it doesn't mesh well with their theming. Put it in Epcot because why not? (laughs) Like that. That's just that's just the way it is. That's kind of how I look at it. That's kind of how I excuse the fact that I go on Frozen every time I'm at FCA because, I mean, you know, I hate myself for mm-hmm. doing it, but I gotta, because I love Frozen. That
0: is true, though. I hadn't thought of that, that it's kind of become the, you know, the... the uh, It doesn't quite fit here. It doesn't quite fit here. Oh, let's just <laughs> throw it in. Does it have to do with space or, you know, kind of sci-fi? Okay, put it in Future World. Does it kind of have to do with, you know, like fantasy? Well, oh, we can kind of t- tie it to Norway, so we'll put Frozen in here. Ratatouille, you know, isn't... It takes place in Paris. We'll put it in there, you know. So, it, it like, it ties in well. Um, now, the Ratatouille one, I'm actually really looking forward to it because it's not replacing something. You know, it's a brand-new ride. I mean, maybe they may have to get rid of one of the restaurants or shops or something. No, nah, that's fine. But it's not. That's why that one I'm more optimistic about because it's just a brand-new experience, and we're not losing anything because of it.
1: Yeah, well, that's. I mean, that's what I said. I don't. I think I was on Kevin's podcast when I said, because this was like right when all these changes were getting thrown out and people were talking about all these new attractions that were coming to Epcot. I'm like, if that's the way that it's going to have to go down where we get more World Showcase rides, they have to be tied into whatever kind of Disney IP they have that loosely connects to that, because they have, they have quite a lot of cultural IPs right. that I didn't quite realize until then. Like, if that's the way it's going to have to be to get rides that we wouldn't otherwise get... So be it. Because, like, all the rides that were going to be in those pavilions, there were quite a few. Like, Germany was right. going to get one, all those, and they just never came to fruition. Like, I didn't expect those to come back anytime recently. But, if, like, if, we, if that's what it takes, that's what it takes. And I, I'm all fine for it. They but could, in like theory, said,
0: they could at some point have a ride for every pavilion. Because, yeah, Germany was going to have a ride, and Japan was going to have Meet the World, and China. Like, there were, there were, so many attractions and then so many two of them that were even partially built but then it kind of went south but i guess that's the best way to look at it is like if they're going to be adding more ip stuff do it over you know at the showcase because there's so much to work with even if you have to kind of loosely tie it in for me it was just the maelstrom but again i understood from a business perspective It still hurts i know i i love that ride but i am looking forward to ratatouille you. And I also do think, uh, maybe it's a blasphemy, but that I would not mind seeing a cocoa-based attraction in the um, Mexico Pavilion to replace the three uh, Cabrero I can never say that. Cavieros. I never say that right. That one's... That I would be fine yeah, that with. One's... I'd be...
1: That's that's okay because that one already got trashed. That one already got uh, three cabarets. So you might as well just change it again to do something even better. The only thing that gets me concerned is the logistics of how how they would even do that because like you'd basically need to turn the whole pavilion into a queue. I mean, we saw it happen with Frozen, like the entire post show maelstrom, yeah. th- the theater, all that needed to be turned into a queue just to accommodate for the massive amount of crowd. Like. So you'd basically lose Mexico as a pavilion. That, that whole thing would just be... That would just be a ride. Like, that, that building, that's true. a ride. I hadn't thought
0: now. of that, like, at all. But that is to- so true because the 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 queue is so tiny, and it's meant for a small, you know, kind of... It's not meant for a frozen, you know? And even frozen, yeah, whenever yeah. I'm in that queue, I it's so claustrophobic, and it's so tight. Uh, you know, I've never... I like it when you go through the guy, uh, the cabin, but um for the most part it's very you're just in a room you know we yeah, some switchbacks yep. so that, oh, that that's i hadn't thought of that but that is unfortunate i don't know what they unless they could somehow expand it outward I, i'm not sure if there's any space to do that but maybe they could do something not not in terms of the
1: walkway but there
0: might possibly be a little bit
1: of space over to like the left of that building when you're looking into it because like When you're on test track, you can kind of look down. You can see the show building, Mm -hmm. and then you look down. There's a little bit of empty space, but they would need to like, you know, blow out a hole in the actual building, and then kind of uh, put it behind where that new bar is. They put a new bar in uh, last year. Like, there's some room there, but like, and you also have to wonder: Was Coco really that big? Is it really that big now? Mm, Like, what's uh, what's the gain? So
0: yeah, well, they could always close that the Crystal Shop or whatever it is that's right next to it and get a little bit more queue space, but yeah, no, I see what you mean, because you know, Frozen, there's another one coming out Wreck-It Ralph, I don't know if that's still going to happen, but you know, there's another one coming out, whereas Coco probably won't have a sequel then again, Ratatouille won't, I don't think is having a sequel
1: but that one is like, it's like iconic at this point almost like that's a very well right. received it's so old that it's like okay it stands on its own coco's in this weird kind of gray area they'd so have to wait a while if it I happens guess. yeah if it happens it won't happen in terms of like a oh we got to get it out real True. quick so that might be that might be conducive to a better ride instead of just a dumb overlay which probably would have happened had they rushed right. it out you know if they just threw it out they're like coco's popular we gotta capitalize boom now it's uh it's it's, it's um grand fiesta tour but now with some characters you recognize like for yeah
0: because i it is kind of funny because i think the director leon critch said that he came up with the idea for coco while riding uh the ride and being in the mexico pavilion so it'd be kind of fun to see it come full circle but i agree i'd rather see like a a full-fledged attraction rather than just sticking a few characters in there but either way um Hey, I guess we we got we got around to ending it on a positive note after all.
1: Epcot is dead. <laughs> now now it's
0: not. It's negative. Again. How dare you? Anyways, um, well, thanks for uh, coming on. Uh, I was fun. I always love talking theme parks with you and everyone else. And yeah. I wanted to dig a little into the haunted mansion discussion a little bit more than we had. So why don't you go ahead and tell everyone where they can watch your stuff and if you want to plug any or talk about anything you're working on now that you'll have out or... All right. You guys can find me on
1: YouTube uh, forward slash History. I've uh, also got a Twitter somewhat active on that. Currently on YouTube, got a uh, running series that might be over by the time this is posted. I don't know. Spooktober 2018 going strong. One last video on the Phantom Manor coming out by the end of the month. So... Look forward to that. It's going to be nice and spooky, a nice positive note to wrap up pretty much the entirety of the Haunted Mansion. I've covered most of the Haunted Mansion and mansions around the world at this point, so that's like the, uh, it's like the closing statement on the Haunted Mansion for my channel. So, should be fun. Yeah,
0: I would, I would love to ride Phantom Manor. From what I've seen, it looks just incredible. Oh, it's nice. All right. Well, thank you all so much for listening and slash or watching if you're on YouTube. And I'll see you all next time on Yesterworld.